Okay, Romans 13. I said I'm hoping to do the whole chapter. I don't think that'll be a problem, but who knows. So first we're going to read it. Then we're going to pray about it. Then we'll talk about it. Okay. Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do, not want to be, do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. Excuse me. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, they are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And, to, and do this, knowing the time now is nigh, to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than what we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reveille and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Okay. I will say, <laughs> I was really hoping somebody else would have this, at least the first part of this chapter. Um, what I'm going to say is, might not be popular. It might not even agree with what you think, but this is what I see Scripture saying. And so we're going to do it, and it's been a soul-searching week, well, a little more than a week, as I've been preparing about it, thinking about it, and, and how to apply it. I mean, you know, I, I like to try to get application in there, um, okay? We've, we know all these facts, and we know this stuff. How do we apply it to our life? Um, and so I'm going to try to do that, and if you don't agree with me, that's all right. Maybe, sort of, but this is what I see it saying. So, <clears throat> we start off with our relationship to government, okay? Um, the, the chapter kind of breaks into four sections. We, our relationship to the world around us, to the people around us, and everything. First four verses are for wrath's sake. Uh, five to seven are conscience' sake. Eight to ten are for love's sake. And then 11 to 14, we do that for Jesus' sake. Okay, so <clears throat> the first four verses have a lot of things that I 
that I've thought about that, are, that bother me, that make me wonder. Um, let me... Back in my younger days, um, I grew up in an assembly in Erie, but I had relatives that went to the closed meeting, which I won't go into all that, but they were strongly of the opinion that you didn't vote. Christians don't get involved in politics. Um, and, and for the first time now that I'm 67 years old, I understand a little better maybe where they were coming from on um, all as trouble as that might be. Um, but I'm not sure, I'm 100% sure that that's right. But there are some things about the way Christians should respond to the government. Um, not that I'm really good at them all necessarily even, um, but I see here and I see some examples in scripture that make it like, hmm, how should we then live? I guess would be the question here. So we look at this and he starts off with, there's no authority except from God. And the authorities that are, exist are appointed by God. And uh, I look at that and um, it's like, okay. You know, here we come. Mike prayed earlier today for the elections coming and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah. What should, how should we respond? And I don't, don't know all your political, well, I know some of your political alignments. But, <clears throat> you know, what do you do when, when none of the above is what you want to pick? You know, we always have multiple choice questions and stuff, right? And you want to pick none of the above. You know, I mean, I don't know where you are. That's where I am. Like, none of the above. No, no one. I don't see any party side or whatever that are on God's side. Sorry. They not, you know. Um, and the more you look into it, the more scary it gets, I think. But, you know, so who do you want? Um, leaving that aside, okay, there was one thing, you know, we're supposed to, well, I go on here, you're supposed to give honor to whom honors do and taxes to whom taxes are due. And so obviously, I mean, the easy one is Christians should be paying their taxes. There should no be no Christians that are tax delinquent, okay? They should be paying their, paying their taxes, whether they want to support the government or not. It's still, they're due their taxes. <clears throat> but I, when I, with all those things that we're supposed to do, there was one thing when, when uh, Trump got into office that bothered me the whole time is because they always referred to him as Mr. Trump. Like, where do you get off? He's the president. You know, and that, I don't know, I, I might even, I'm sure I said it to people here and things, but that always, like, really? Like, I don't care if you voted for him or not. He's the president, you know? And, and we switched presidents now, and do you hear them call him Mr. Biden? Well, sometimes I've heard them call him Mr. Biden when they're being derogatory on purpose, you know, but, but he's President Biden. Like, they, they call him the, the and this was the news and everything, would refer to him as Mr. Trump. And it's like, no, he's the president. He's President Trump, you know? And, and as Christians, you know, I tell you right up, I, I'm not really happy with Biden, but he's President Biden, you know? He, I give him the honor that's due the office, you know? And pray that somehow the Lord would work there that, you know, it'd be really cool. It would mess up a lot of things, I think, if 
Biden converted and all of a sudden became an on-fire Christian. Can you imagine what might happen in America? You know, like, what would the people that really are running the show, because I'm... assassinated. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, maybe we'd get a couple good weeks out of it. But anyway, but, you know, know, we see these things. And so, as Christians, what's our, our response? You know, what's... What's our response? Uh, and there's so many things. I'm not going to go into it in depth, and I'm not sure I've thought it all the way through. But what is our response to July six to January sixth? You know, people don't want to let it die. I'm more of the opinion we should just move on. But you know, so if you're a Christian, should you have participated as much and all as you're sure that the Election was a fraud and, and everything, you know, I understand. And we're, we're in a country, this is what to me complicates the issue. One, first of all, you don't see democracies in the Bible. So a little bit we're at a loss as to how to do some things because, like I said, we don't, you don't see democracies there. You know, it's not that kind of, of government there. So how does a Christian work and live and participate in a in a Society or whatever that's democratic or sort of democratic. Anyway, um, so, so how do we do those things and how do we live in those things? <clears throat> um, but at the same time, the one big example that kept coming to me as we go forward and, you know, like America is not, you know, I think we've established this and I think everybody, we're not a Christian nation. You know, we're not a Christian nation. We do so many things that's got to have God so angry, you know. Um, and, and as Christians, we'd like to fix it. We'd like to, to, to have a Christian stand on abortion. And we'd like to, you know, but, but America is not going down that path. You know, the woman has the right to choose. The, you know, we, we put everything in these wrappings that sound really good. And everything, but we don't say, but what would God have us do? You know, can you imagine? That's what I mean. Like if Biden got converted and he'd say, and, and they probably would assassinate him, but what would God have us do? Can you imagine the uproar in America? You know? Can you, I, I just wonder as we see those things. But the, the example, the biblical example that I see is David and Saul. You know, here's David. He was. Anointed king. God said, you're the king. You're the the next king. And what do you see the whole time? Like, Saul is trying to kill him. Saul is trying to kill him. Like, he chases him around for a long time. It's not like it was just a year or whatever. He's trying to kill him for a long time. And David's response is, I won't do anything against the Lord's anointed. Which, Which brings you back to... You know, the, God's already taking the kingdom from him and everything, but and taking his spirit from him. But here, here he is, and David says, and had op- lots of opportunity. That's the thing as you look through these. He had lots of opportunity to kill him. Um, <clears throat> but he, I'm not lifting anything again. It's in God's hands, you know? It's in God's hands. And it made me think about a lot as we go through things. You know, as we go through things now. It's in God's hands. America is in God's hands. He knows what he's doing. And, and as much and all as it's scary, it's frightening to me. Like, really? Like, I can't believe. Like, Edie and I like to listen to messages 
when we travel, you know, and it's hilarious because even when you listen to ones that are relatively new, like in the 70s or 80s, you know, everybody was sure the Lord is coming. Very soon, things are, can you believe how bad things are? You know, and, and, and I'm thinking, wow. You know, if they could see it now. Well, some of them are alive still that we've listened to, but a lot of them are dead. And it's like, can you imagine? If they could see it now, what would they say? You know? But he's, he is returning, and he's got a plan. And I'm, I can't scripturally stand with this one quite as strongly, but I'm convinced in my mind, and maybe I'll find out I'm wrong, but, you know, you always wonder a little bit, didn't you? Why, why don't you see America in, in prophecy? Where is it? Book of Hezekiah. Yeah, book of, right, it's not there. <laughs> you know, where's America? And I think part of it, it's been right in front of our face the whole time, and we don't recognize it. But it's called Babylon. When you read the things about Babylon and you look at America, not that it's confined completely to America, I would say, you know, part of it is we, we have trouble getting past our boundaries, you know. But look at the world, how connected, how, one, how close we are, and we might be there for all we know, to one world government. Like, there's one world, you know, and, we're, and we see from Revelation that it's coming. It's, there's going to be one world government. Whether, you know, how that all fits, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. But as I'm sitting here in America and praying and thinking, Lord, you, you know, not that he's going to be, I guess the good thing about it is he is not going to be um, fooled into making, an, you know, whoever ends up in office is who he wants there. Because he's got his purposes. You know, we looked at, I think it was Casey read it in Deuteronomy there. The Lord is driving these people out before you. It's not because you're such a great people that he's doing this. You know, and I see the same thing in America uh, or wherever, you know. God is doing things to judge people, to get their attention. One of the things that stood out to me as I was listening to a YouTube one about climate change and global warming and everything. And the guy was, was refreshing to have someone so honest. <laughs> but he was saying that with the global, with the um, global change, because that's, they've, it's easier to make people afraid of global change. You know, we just had this horrendous uh, hurricane, you know, that affected so many people and devastated so much. Um, you know, we just had it. So it's easier to get people afraid of, because that's from global warming. You know, the water's warmed up two degrees, and, and it's making changes in the weather patterns and blah, 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 blah and all that stuff. And he said, no. <laughs> he says, the reason they go back to the 70s and 80s to compare it to is because the 70s and 80s were abnormally low in storms. We didn't have as many. But if we go back as far as we can keep track and find them, it's the same. It's been the same all the way through. There, we really don't have an increase in storms. And it's like, whoa, yeah. You know, because anyway. But, but I look at those things, and, part, and the reason I go to that is, you know, how many times 
as we read the Old Testament, we think nothing of, of reading. And God sent us a terrible storm and did this and did this and did this. And we'd say, yeah, God's judging the people. But we live in this country now, you know. And God sends this terrible storm. And rather than people look to God, the creator, and say, save us. Please help us. No, it's global. It's global. It's climate change. You know, we blame it on everything, but how terrible our nation is, you know? And, and so, so that's where, anyway, does that make sense? Yes, no, consider it anyway, you know? But we, we see those things, and we live in this world. And, <laughs> and it's hard not to be a conspiracy theorist and, a, and all that other stuff, you know? We just had, and I laughed. I mean, it was like, I, I mean, I have an idea why, but... Prime Minister of England lasted 49 days and she's resigned. Like, what? Like, I won't tell you why I think she did. But anyway, you know, but, but we have this. Like, how would she go into that and only make it 49 days? And she didn't really give an answer except that she couldn't keep her promises that she'd made as she was coming involved. Anyway, so we see those things. So we need to support the government, pray for the leaders. I think at the same time, don't cause trouble, you know. Now, at the same time as that, we have that, that verse in Acts that Christians like to pull out when they're feeling, feeling um, rebellious or whatever. We must obey God rather than man. And yes, we must. But does that mean lead a rebellion or does that mean sorry I can't do what you're asking me to do whatever you want to me but I have to obey God and I can't like I said I was really hoping that that Casey or Mark would get this instead of me but anyway um, so that's kind of where I'm seeing you know they're they're God's minister and and as we look at that part in the middle that, that part really bothers me you know, if it was that cut and dried, that easy, which I, get, I think it is, but we want to make, but what if, or but if, or what if, and, and all those things. But they're God's ministers for good. You know, they don't bear the sword in vain. He set government up way back in Genesis and told them, you know, and, and this is what they're for, and they're to protect people. And, w- and we look at the world around us and we see, Governments we see in our own government or country or whatever that they don't, it's not doing what they're supposed to do, you know? It's weaponized. It's, I mean, it's scary, you know? They don't do what they're supposed to do. I would. I, w- I would sometimes, like, and they admit it, so I'll go ahead with this one. You know, they, they've trained kids, or they tried to train kids, when you're in trouble, run to a policeman. Policeman will protect you. Um, I know a lot of people that would beg to differ, you know, and not real long ago, there was a girl that they were trying to, and it's probably more to the story. I understand that. I understand There was a girl that was kidnapped by her father, and they caught them. And he got out of one side of the car, and she got out of the other side, and he had a gun, and they shot him, 
and she was running to the police and they shot her. Anyway, and, and if you, it's interesting to look at. They thought she had a gun. She didn't have a gun. They didn't, you know, anyway. And, and, and all those things. But we're living in a world where the rules, even God's rules, are really getting violated. And I think that's the way we need to look at it. That God's rules are getting violated. God's not going to put up with it for very long, you know. He had a thing she was, she listened to a, a message. We weren't listening together, but was Mike Atwood, I believe, and he was talking about, he had, was doing a study on Ezekiel, and he brought out historically that England had made a, a treaty or whatever, an agreement with Israel as they went back into the into the, their area there, and they were going to give them this whole big area, probably closer to what the Bible says is Israel. And before it took place, England reneged. And if you look historically, that's when England took a nosedive from being a world power. It's interesting how it works out. And he had, you know, you can go back and look and probably find the same, same things. But, you know, God's still judging nations. And we live in a world that is trying to ignore the creator and deny that there is a creator and, and there's a God that's in charge because it's so... So scary. <clears throat> but, before I ruin your lunch, let's keep going. So love your neighbor. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And I laugh, and I, and I like this. And, and you gotta love, I love God. I love how simple, direct, straightforward, you know, you know, they want the Ten Commandments taken off the walls and all that kind of stuff. All kinds of places we used to have it up and there was a good thing. But what if we just put these ones up? What is there? One, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. So there's five of them. So let's cut them in half. Let's use five commandments and post them on the walls. And, and, and then we can put, and if there's anything else, like, just like God did, you know, it's all summed up in this saying. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So we need to love one another. And if we have to ask, just mostly because I just read it not long ago in Luke, but if we have to ask who our neighbor is, then you go back to the parable of the Samaritan. You know? Your neighbor is whoever everybody else is passing by that needs help, you know? Whoever needs help is your neighbor. And so we do this. Don't do those things. And people would, as we put those up, people would uh, say, I, I haven't done it. We'd be a, a lot of people just like the, the lawyer that came. I've kept all these things from my youth. What do I still need to do? You know, <clears throat> but there's a lot of people out there now. If we got down to it, and we might fall into the same thing, we we violate some of those in really strange ways. We have ways of of uh, justifying. You know, for example, this is just to be funny, actually, Mike. But 
Mike was saying this morning, that people would come up to him and they say, Hi, Mike, do you remember me? And he says, what do you, you look familiar. You look familiar. And then what's he say on the sidebar? You know, is not really. I don't know. I haven't the foggiest. You know, what did you just do? Bear false witness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we do those things. And, and, and it's funny to me um, how, how easily we do those things. You know, there's lots of things we do, you know, and I'm not, like I said, this to be, was to be funny, and it was, it, we might laugh too. So that's good, you know, he's going to go home and, and feel terrible the rest of the day. But anyway, uh, but we, we do all these things to save people's feelings, I guess, in some ways, to not look dumb or stupid, whatever it might be, you know, I would be like, I have no idea who you are, you know, can you tell me? You know, <laughs> did I, do I even, you know, like, how did you know me? <laughs> As we see those things. But we have tendencies to do that. And we make funny excuses for things. There was a, a young man at, at camp that used to drive everybody nuts because we'd play this game called Mafia. Okay, and I don't know if you've ever played Mafia, but, you know, you wink at somebody, that's how you shoot them. So there's two Mafia guys, and then the rest of are regular people. And there's a mayor and a doctor, and they can do all these things. But you would kill people by winking, you know, at somebody. And if they, they'd, be, they'd say, oh, I'm dead, you know, and things. But he, when, and then they get a chance to, to or the townspeople get a chance and to say, well, I think Mark Bull is the, is the Mafia guy. You know, and he gets to defend himself on all these things. Well, when this young, one young man would play, and they'd say, I think it's, can't think of his name now, but anyway, Mike. Yeah, I think it's Mike. And he'd say, you're right, it's me. Like, what? Because <laughs> he would not lie. I mean, <laughs> it'd be interesting to, to follow him around and, and see if he did that kind of thing, where he would say, uh, oh, I think I know, you know, anyway. But he wouldn't lie. And it drove people nuts to play the game because, you know, when the mafia guy gives up on the first ask, like, it's like, really? Like, now there's only one? Anyway, you know what I mean? So, so we would do this, but it was funny. But he was so, so, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie for any reason. And so he wouldn't lie. I don't know why they kept asking him to play. But anyway, because they love one another, you know, anyway. So, so let's, as we go through those things. We need to love one another. And verse 11. And do this, knowing that the time is, it's high time to wake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we believed. And I was so excited when I got to this one. Because she's like, yes. You know, it's time to wake up. And, and sometimes I want to say that. Maybe not so much here. But I want to say to the church. I want to say to Christians. It's time to wake up. Would you stop thinking that everything's fine? You just need to put the right person in office or whatever it might be. Or you need to do this or you need, you know, we need to do that. If we could just, you know, you know what I'm saying, I think, you know, wake up. I already said America is not a Christian nation. Like how you can still think that is beyond me. But, but it's not. Maybe it was at some point. I won't go back and argue all those fine points. Maybe it was. But now we are living in a nation that kills babies and thinks it's fine. It's, you know, all that kind of thing. 
gay marriage and gay and gay and, and, and beyond that. Now, now, you know, when it was gay marriage, a little bit I was tolerant, you know. Now there is so many strange things listed in the, because they added the plus. You know that, right? I mean, are you aware there's a plus? It's LGBTQ plus. Because there's some really strange stuff out there. Fuzzies. you got to find out about the fuzzies. <clears throat> but anyway. And, and God's got to say, like, you know, I'm going to burn the place down. <laughs> like he did Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. And we should be awake to know, it, yes, it's high time to wake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer now than ever. You know, will it last? How long it will last? I have no idea. Like I said, when we listen, you know, you hear people in the 60s and 70s and, and 80s or whatever that, you know, the Lord's got to be coming really soon, maybe in my lifetime or whatever they were, you know, and, and everything. And now it's 40, 50 years later and he's not come yet. But I can tell you one thing for sure. And my dad, this is my dad's kind of joke. It is closer than, than it was. You know, every day it gets closer. You know, but look at it around us. How, you know, how much more patient, because that's what it is. God is being patient for those who are being saved. You know, he's being patient. As soon as it's done, and he knows, whoa, you know, it's going to be so different. And, and, it's, and think about that. Well, we did Revelation. But think about it out of that aspect. God is so angry. The sin is so bad. Is it any wonder when you get to the end of Revelation that the earth is melted away in an intense heat and he starts to begin? You know, like, wow. And, and, and we shouldn't be tolerant of sin, you know. How does that fit in with the first part where, you know, you're not allowed to say, well, I don't agree with gay marriage, you know, or I don't agree with being gay. Here. I mean, it's a sin. And now you're judging and you're not tolerant and, and all of those things. You can't have your Christian beliefs, you know. If you have some other beliefs, that's fine, but not Christian ones. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I don't think. But we see that. You know, we, that's the world we live in. But we've got to marry the first part of the chapter to the last part of the chapter, to the middle of the chapter. You know, the night's far spent, the day's at hand, the, dark, the darkness is about to end. You know, and, and I don't know if you've thought of it that way, but, you know, the darkness is about to end. The day is coming. You know, he's going to come in all his glory. And people will say, <gasps> I don't know what else they'll say, but that would be my first, I'm dead, you know. They will try to hide in caves to, from the wrath of the land, you know. So we see that. So let us cast off the works of darkness. And he's saying that to Christians, cast them off. Get, you know, get the works of darkness off. Cast them away. Put on the armor of light because Christians aren't ready. Like they're not, I don't know. Like I said, we live in Babylon. But we're not thinking of it that way, you know. We're not thinking that the Lord is coming soon. We got to. Is there somebody you haven't told about the Lord that that's been on your heart that you just you know? Well, I'll get to it tomorrow or or whatever. I haven't had opportunity, you know, that kind of thing. Um, 
but put on the armor of light. People are not going to like the armor of light. That's going to be, and, and you know, sometimes you can't associate, but I had a job not real long ago, but a number, good number of years ago now, and I'm convinced they, ha they had other funding, but it, none of it held water. But they fired me because I was nice, and they didn't trust me because I was nice. I would ask people what they needed and stuff. What could I do? You know, is this good? That kind of thing. And they didn't like that. I could go into more things about it. But, but that's why, like, really? <laughs> really? Anyway, but that, that's not what they wanted. I didn't fit their, their mold. And, um, you know, and I, and I see, see us having that issue more and more, you know? Even if we don't challenge abortion and we don't do this and that, because we're nice, we treat people, we love people like we're supposed to. Love your neighbor as yourself. When we see that, the world is not going to like it. You must have some ulterior motive. You're trying to get something, you know, you're trying to get something. I don't know if you remember just a little bit back, but during uh, the Bush administration, and I think it was the second one, more than the first one, because the first one's long enough ago, I can't remember it very well. Um, but <clears throat> he was really into letting churches do their charity things and helping the poor and everything. Like he was, and it was like, yes. And I'm thinking, you know, the Lord set this, like, what an opportunity. You know, what an opportunity to reach the world, to reach out to the world and so forth. And, and he was, they didn't like that. You know, America didn't like that. Anyway, <clears throat> but we do that. Put on the armor of light. And then I, I'm familiar with 13 because I like to look up walk verses because I like to put them on my walking sticks and stuff. But let's, let us walk properly as in the day. Let's walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry, in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. And as I look at that, I see, you know what that kind of says too is, there are people who are walking in the day that are acting like it's dark or, or, or there's no difference to them anymore of light and day. They're doing, they're running around in revelry and drunkenness and lewdness and lust even during the day now, you know. Don't do that. It's daytime now. Put that dark stuff away, you know. Put away that dark stuff. Revelry and drunkenness. Just, do we see that anymore, you know. Lewdness and lust. It's scary. It's just scary. You know? Not in strife and envy. Does he end with the most important things or lead with, anyway, but not in strife and envy. No, you know what strife is, right? That's kind of fighting and Picking and kids are really good at strife. You know, you watch kids. The good thing about kids is they get over it, like, you know. But watch them pick at each other, you know. You remember when you were in school and, some, and the kids decided they didn't like you for some reason. Your ears were too big. You were fat. Who knows what it was. But they decided they didn't like you. And they would do all kinds of things to, to get you, to upset you, you know. Not envy. I wish I was as big as Mike. Whatever. 
you know? Do we envy people? Do we wish the thing we were more like whoever? You know, or are we content with such things as we have? That, that verse is so all-encompassing all so much. You know, it's not just, don't be content with the money you have, but where you find yourself at the moment. Be content, you know. And so we finish it up. Oh, man, like, I almost have perfect. <clears throat> but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Put him on. I remember the book. I've read the book. And it's so simple, it's kind of funny. But what would Jesus do? You know? I think that's the name of it. Isn't that the. Yeah. Anyway, but not that I'm, you know, not proponing the book, but as we approach life, as we look at life, and we're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, what would he do? You know? I would challenge you to read the Gospels again and look at what Jesus does. Sometimes it's not what you're, like if you were doing it and you were going to write the story, he doesn't do what you would expect him to do. And he, he reprimands people when you would expect them to say, well, let me explain, or something like that. And he doesn't, you know. But what would Jesus do? And as we strive to put him on and become like him, we're going to have a different reaction. We're going to interact in the world around us in a different way. Because what would he do, you know? I mean, we've got the ex extremes or whatever. We've got where he chases the, uh, you know, grabs a whip and chases them out of the temple to taking the little kids and setting them on his knee, you know? What would he do? And like I said, I, I'm, I'm reading through the Gospels and it's like, whoa. I'm, I'm not sure I would have expected, as you read it and, and everything, he's a patient, loving God that judges people and tells them where it's at and all these other things that we don't always put together, I guess is what I'm thinking. We don't always put together. You know, and we try to be nice and not make, not embarrass ourselves or embarrass them. So we tell a lie. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you know what you've been doing. You know that kind of thing. But I've learned from my job that the best way now is to be like blunt. Like you have to just tell them. Up, you can't hint at something. You have to tell them because. And, and they, you know, it usually goes way better. Now that was, you have no idea how hard that is for me. Like, I, I want to be nice. And I just want to say, well, if you would get up and do something, you know, do this or whatever, you know, and that, that's what, you know, just make yourself look busy. But if I say it that way, instead of, you need to get up and go clean the bathroom. We need to do that regularly. If I do that, then they get up and they go in and they're fine. But if I hint, then they'll, well, the one the response that I would get well I was just in there 10 minutes ago well it's you know I would come back and they still wouldn't get it but I would come back with but it's Saturday 100 people have been in there in 10 minutes you know you need to clean the bathroom again you know but like I said it works much better if I say you need to get up and go clean the bathroom you know okay I'll go you know? and, and as Christians we need to, I think, I wonder sometimes if that's the problem with the gospel sometimes. We, we want to be nice about it instead of blunt and say, it's got to be, it needs to be this way. 
You know, this is what God said, so do it. Um, anyway, that's a number of the things that I'm struggling with and got from chapter 13. And who knows, maybe we'll finish Romans this year. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? And we've got a plan. Casey, and we, we left Mark out because he was doing something. We've got a plan for the next three years, we figure. We're going to do a book of Jonah or a minor prophet or Old Testament book like that, a short one. We're going to do one of those that we can do in a month or two. And then we're going to do a gospel. Probably not Mark. Right? That's what I, we, we were both excited with that idea. You know? Because the, the gospels could take <laughs> a long time. So, yeah, I, I just, a little bit, I'm just letting you know what we're thinking. And we, that's not set in stone yet. You know, who knows what the Lord might decide before then. But anyway, so let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for your word, its instruction. Father, we would really ask for insight and clarity and all the things that go with it on how to how to put some of this stuff into practice. Is it cut and dried as easy as it looks? And, and if that's the case, then how do we interact in a world that we live in? Father, we would pray for your help, for your guidance and instruction that the Spirit would, would teach us, Father, that we would become better, better equipped, that we'd have the armor of light on, that we would be walking in a way that's proper. We'd be becoming more like our Savior. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.